60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Robert Palmer is the financial resource that you've been waiting for. From personal finance, debt management, home ownership, and beyond, Robert Palmer RP takes you to saving thousands in just about everything that you do. Consumers who listen to the show and who visit savingthousands.com find themselves very easily becoming empowered. They really don't know how it happens so quickly, but they find all of a sudden that they're not back in the day of living from late notice to late notice. They're not worried when they go to the mailbox for finding a, a threatening letter. They're not worried when the phone rings during the dinner hour that it's going to be some collection agency. Because suddenly, in a matter of days, they've become in charge of their money. And that's what this is all about. It's simply about giving you the financial empowerment, the financial tools that you need. Now, on today's show... We've got a lot to talk about and a lot of financial tools for you. We'll talk about kids these days. They really take the luxuries for granted. You know that? Yeah, they do. We'll look back at how it all began with Robert Palmer. Also, we'll talk about the zero closing cost refi promotion that could really save you money. We'll talk about the misuse of that first credit card. And remember how easy it was to get that card? We'll talk about the people here at RP Funding and how happy this group is to be empowering you and giving you the tools of the financial trade and helping you out with mortgages and refis. It all goes hand in hand. And we're going to be talking about the pitfalls of part-time mortgage brokers and lenders. You got to go into a company that's full-time that's in it for you. But Robert, let's kick off the conversation today talking about kids and money. There seems to be a real big disconnect. Uh, this was a big one from this, this study. Uh, kids think that luxuries just happen. Right. And, you know, and this is this is huge. I think, you know, kids really have to understand, you know, what what the luxury of a new car is. Right. Or what the luxury of a really nice house is or or vacations. Right. You know, if you take your kids on a vacation that they understand that, that there was money involved and sacrifice. involved, Right. These are things we don't like to talk about. You know, a kid, kid. Well, I'm not going to tell my kid that we're taking them on a five thousand dollar vacation to the Keys. You know, that they don't need to know about that. Well, why not? I mean, they need to understand that that if you want to be able to do things like this. You've either got to make enough money or make sacrifices in other places that you can't just have everything you want. You can't just magically have a new iPhone every 12 months. You can't just magically take vacations. You can't just magically have nice cars. That these luxuries in life, the ability, you know, eating out is a luxury. You know, all these luxuries in life come with a price tag. And when we don't talk about money with our kids and we don't talk about the, the sacrifices you have to make early in life, you know, in order to be able to have these things later on, you know, hey, son, you know, if you, daughter, if you, if, you, if you go five or six years without and you save your money and you work hard and, and you get some equity in a home and you get a car that's paid for, then you can afford to have these vacations. But if you're out there trying to take vacations from day one and putting them on credit cards, you know, you're, you're driving yourself in the hole. You know, you're, you're going in the wrong direction. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the big thing. You know, how, how, do you, how do you look at making big purchases, right? Do, do we share our mentality? Right. So if the family's mentality is, OK, you know, we want to buy a new car. So we're going to eat out less uh, so that we can save up money to buy a new car. Right, Rob? I mean, that, this is a, a pretty normal thing that a family would do. Well, we don't tell the kid that's the plan. Right. All they all of a sudden, all they see is we're eating out less. That's right. They don't know why. You know, well, you know, we, we ate out less. I don't know why. And then this new car showed up. And, and in the kid's mind, the two probably have nothing to do with each other. But there was a huge correlation there. And it, that's a great example of how to show your child from a young age that the way that, that sacrifice works in personal finance. You know, sit down as a family and say, hey, family, we want, you know, who, who loves our current station wagon? Boo, right? Nobody. It's old. It's beat up, right? So we want to get a new car. And so for this family to afford a new car, we're all going to have to make some sacrifices. So we're going to eat out a little less. And Johnny, instead of Lunchables, I'm going to make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich two days a week. You know, and, and talk the family through what you're doing. You know, I mean, again, you're not revealing any 
any deep, dark secrets about your personal finance here, how much money you make. I mean, I want you to, but I, I'm not, I definitely don't think, Rob, every parent's going to run out tomorrow and show their kid what their paycheck looks like the way my mother did. I'm right. not trying to get everybody to, to jump into the river head first, but I, I want you to take some baby steps. And I think, you know, when, when there's a decision like that, all right, kids, you know, we're, we're planning this vacation coming up in a couple months. So for the next couple months, we've got to tighten our belt. Here's the things we've got to do and, and show them that reward luxury new cars, cell phones, and see, and not just on their part. Right? That's the other thing. You know, parents will, well, you know, you get an allowance. If you want a new iPhone, save up your money. And what it, what it kind of, but, but the parents never express that they're having to do the same thing. And so I think what a lot of kids end up believing is, well, as a kid, I have to make sacrifices to get what I want. But mom and dad never have to make sacrifices. So once I'm an adult, I can have and do whatever I want, right? Because we're not telling them that, you know, son, just like you had to, save your allowance to buy that new iPhone, I have to save my paycheck to get that new car. Mm -hmm. And so I have to make this, I have to make choices, you know, on the way to work now every morning, I don't go to Starbucks anymore. I'm, you know, your mom's making me a, a pot of coffee before I leave the house for 20 cents instead of me going and dropping five bucks at Starbucks. And while I love my Starbucks, uh, I want a new car in, in six months. And so this is the sacrifice I'm making. And no one's, no one's hardly having these types of conversations with kids. And so that's kind of the level one of this, I would say, yeah. is, is start, you know, opening up about the, the sacrifices you have to make financially. The, the, we have to give up a little over here to get over here, you know, uh, you know, or maybe, hey, you know, daddy got a raise at work. And that's why we can afford to take a vacation. You know, I think kids really need to understand the, the if, you, if you, again, you don't want to get into the nitty gritty, at least give them the basics of the, the kind of how and why, you know, OK, if we save over here then we can do this over here. If we make more over here, now we can do this over here. And this is something that parents aren't doing. Um, you know, the other thing is if you can't afford something, right? So I think another kind of habit for, uh, for parents is if, it, you know, like say a kid wants a, a really expensive toy, um, you know, the, the, you may say, well, we can't afford it as an excuse, right? And I think a lot of kids kind of hit a point in their life where they feel like we can't afford it as just mom and dad's excuse because they don't want to buy it for them. That's right. Right. <laughs> you know, and because again, that's kind of the, it becomes almost like a blanket answer. Right. Oh, I want the new, you know, I want the new PlayStation. We can't afford it. And, and you know, I want the new, I'm a new bike. We can't afford it. You know, if for parents that are even going down this road. And so what happens now is you kind of water it down. And, and I think a lot of kids, they just don't believe you. Well, how come, you know, why can't I afford a new bike when you just bought a new car, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, because again, kids are smart and really what does we can't afford it mean? And so I, th I think a better plan would be, you know, well, Hey son, you know, if we, if we do this, right, like go back to my, my school lunch example, right? You know, so if you, if you, uh, if you go to, to homemade sandwiches instead of Lunchables or, you know, if you go to school lunch instead of a packed lunch, you know, you'll save money and then you can have a new bike or you can have a new PlayStation. There has to be a sacrifice there. You know, we can afford it, but you have to make some sacrifices. We have to make some sacrifices. Uh, you know, uh, if, you, if you don't buy any new games on your iPhone through the App Store, you know, if you don't, if you don't play this, you know, I think... I think instead of just a blanket, we can't afford it, uh, you know, because we don't, we don't accept that as humans, right? You can't, nobody's going to look at me and say, well, you know, Robert, you can't afford a new car ever, right? Well, if I can't afford a new car today, I want to figure out a plan so that I can't afford a new car. It's just how we think. It's how we work. Right. You know, well, I'll save my money until I can. I'll work hard. I'll work overtime at work and get the extra money. I'll work hard at work and try to get a bonus so I can buy the new car. Uh, you know, we're, we don't give our kids that opportunity to understand that, that they can make sacrifices when we just say, oh, we can't afford it. Uh, you know, so I think that's where, you know, talking about, well, you know, you want new school clothes every year, right? Well, if you wear last year's clothes again next year, you know, or the year after, if, you know, you stretch things, you don't get that new pair of shoes you wanted. Or, hey, because you bought that new pair of shoes that you had to have, now you can't have the PlayStation, uh, you know, kind of setting up and, and again, give the kids credit. We are much smarter at a younger age than we give ourselves credit for, than we give our young people credit for. Uh, but just the blanket statement, we can't afford it uh, without any type of ex explanation of the financial responsibilities, you know, about what's going on in life. And, and maybe, the, or maybe there's a reality, you know, hey, son, we can't afford it right now because we just had to put brakes on the car. You know, something unexpected happened. We just had to spend that money. You know, we've, we've now got to save some money and get out. You, you've got to give the backstory. The kids need to understand that we can't afford it is not just an excuse for mom and dad to not give you what you want, that there are realities that work out there. There are real-world circumstances happening every single day around us, 
you know, things happen. The air conditioning, hey, the air conditioning just broke. Remember how it was really hot and you were sweaty the other night because the air conditioning was broken? We had to fix that and that cost money. And so the money I would have used to buy you a, the PlayStation that you want, we had to use to fix the air conditioning. Do you understand? Does that make sense to you? You don't want to be sweaty every night in bed, do you? No, you know, and, but we don't, we don't go to that level. We don't want to explain that to our kids. And again, I think that's a huge disservice. Um, so again, giving those full explanations, I think is big. Well, I certainly agree, Robert. Families need to do more talking about finances, the way they talk about sports and they talk about the neighbors and they talk about whatever. We need to turn that conversation every now and then to money. I think when a parent goes out and is buying something, they need to be having the conversation with the kids in the car about, hey, yeah, we're going to get that new big screen TV. Now, let's talk about exactly, you know, what that cost and, you know, kind of the percentage of what the spending money we've got that is going to take. I think there's various ways that families can kind of fit discussions of money to make it more comfortable to make it less intimidating, and to really create an understanding by our children, by even ourselves, as to money and how much we're making, how much we're spending, how much we're losing to scams. There's got to be an informed conversation. Agreed? All right. We've got our marching orders. You know, I talked in the beginning of the show how Robert Palmer works day and night to give you financial tools. Well, one of the great collection of financial tools is the Saving Thousands Rules to Success. There's 15 of them. You'll find them at savingthousands.com. Savingthousands.com is a great website. It's absolutely free. There's no there's no subscription. Nobody's going to try to sell you anything. Savingthousands.com is a website that was set up to go hand-in-hand hand with the radio show. So there's the Saving Thousands Rules to Success. Now, I like to think of these rules to success as the GPS. You know, you've got the GPS in your phone or in your car and you're going to an unknown destination, but now you feel confident because the GPS is going to get you there. Well, it's the same with the financial rules to success. You know what you want. You want to be empowered. You don't want to be a zombie of finance anymore. So you can get the rules to show you the way. It's very simple. It's very easy. You're not going to have to memorize a whole lot of stuff. You're just going to start noticing that your spending habits your saving habits, your planning habits are going to change. They truly, truly are. And we're going to go through some of these rules as the show goes on. But right now, for those of you new to the Robert Palmer family of companies, I want to take you back to the beginning. I was there. I got to witness it. I was Robert's first radio host. And I got to see a very accomplished young man come into the financial world with plenty of experience. But then he wanted to start his own company. And he wanted to revolutionize the lending industry. And Robert, you've really done both. Yeah. So, so I'm sitting here, and I'm how, let's see, I'm I'm 27. Yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm 27 years old. Uh, I had been a senior vice president of this big billion dollar lender, and they're gone. And uh, there had been a lot of other companies who had tried to recruit me, you know, over that last year, and I, I told them all no. And so now I'm thinking, well, you know, they're all out of business too. So I, you know, really everything was gone. And so it's like, all right, do I want to stay in the mortgage business or do I want to go do something else? And I said, you know, I'm going to give this one one last whirl and uh, I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to do it differently. And I'm going to be transparent and I'm going to put the consumer first mm -hmm. and all this crap that they've been teaching us and, and embraining us about, you know, charging crazy fees and making crazy commissions and chasing greed. I'm going to do it differently. Right. And, and the crazy thing is, Rob, so I, I do this at the time. I say, you know what? We're not going to charge the lender fees. You know, because one, when I when I finally get my own company, see, when I owned my own company the first time, it was just a mortgage broker. Right. And so I only knew what I knew. And then when I when I was a senior vice president of the lender, uh, I was I was like right I was right at the level below the people that actually had access to the financials. So I didn't really even know. I knew we made a lot of money. I didn't know how much that really was because mm -hmm. I didn't. I, they didn't show me all the profit, right? Sure. Like I saw kind of what they would call my division profit, but I didn't see how much money they actually made off of the servicing and how much money they made off of some of these Wall Street deals and. And so when I finally get RP funding opened and I'm, I'm looking at how much money is to be made on loan servicing and how much money there's to be made by going straight to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and securitizing. And I was blown away. And so I said, all right, so you know what? I don't, I'm not going to charge these fees anymore. I'm going to get rid of all of our lender fees. No more lender fees. That's done. And, uh, and I'm going to give people great rates because mm -hmm. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm going to put the customer first. And I think that people will tell their friends and family 
and I can build this reputation for doing right by people and give them a great product at a great price, and I will be successful. And I'm going to advertise because if no one knows I'm doing that, it's not going to do any good. <laughs> and and the funny thing is that that I am now more successful than I think I ever would have been had I taken the other approach. I would have made a lot more money in the early days. I would have made a lot more money in the short term. Mm-hmm. But because we're so big now and we do so much volume, even with the great deals and the no lender fees and everything else, we make great money because of the volume and and because our loans are so sought after in the secondary market because they're so high quality. You know, all these things that I never really thought about. And, and it's amazing. And it all started by making a decision to put the consumer first and to do what was best for the consumer, not to do what was best for my salespeople, not to do what was best for me, not to do what was going to put the most money in my pocket, but do what was best for the consumer, do what was best to get them into a home with an affordable payment without a bunch of junk fees, right? And to take care of them. And and, and the beautiful thing is it worked. And all of my all of my cohorts, you know, all of my buddies at the Mortgage Bankers Conference thought I was crazy. And they told me I would fail, you know, and, and they told me, you know, Robert, if you're not going to pay your salespeople these crazy commissions, they're not going to work for you. And Robert, if you're not going to charge all these fees, you're never going to make enough money to stay in business. And I'm just like, guys, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, I see how much, how much, see how much money there is to be made off of these mortgages mm-hmm. without doing any of that. So what's the problem? What, how is your mortgage company run so inefficiently that you have to charge all these crazy fees? Or, or how is your your product so inept that the only way you can get a, a salesperson to to be one of your employees is to pay them a ridiculously high commission? And uh, you know, Rob, I sent you this weekend yeah. on, on a. So on, on, was it Thursday, I talked about how I got the letter from a competitor offering, you know, 400 basis points per loan closing, which is $8,000 in commission. This is to the salesperson. This is not to the company. They were, they were trying to recruit me as a salesperson because I, I have a license. Oh. You know, I have a, I have a loan originator license mm-hmm. and apparently they didn't scrub their database. I was going to say, they know? didn't know who you were. So they sent me a letter. <laughs> they sent me a letter and they definitely know who I am. They just didn't scrub <clears> the <throat> database. Um, they sent me a letter and, you know, saying, Robert, you know, dear Robert Palmer, you should come work for us and be one of our salespeople. And we will pay you $8,000 in commission on a $200,000 loan. And we will pay you $16,000 in commission on a $400,000 loan. And I'm thinking to myself, where is all that money going to come from? Because while there is a lot of money in this, there is not that much money in it unless you are gouging the customer with rates and fees. And so I, I did a Google search this weekend to see if I could find, if there was anything online about that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so what I found was it was not that company. I actually found a different company offering the same thing, offering the, the, the 4% per loan, right, on, on, on regular mortgages. But here was the kicker, Rob. They were offering 13% commission on reverse mortgages, Okay. It blew me away when you sent me that. This so week. what the ad said is close a $100,000 reverse mortgage and make $13,000 in commission. Commission. Okay. I mean, if you want to talk about who you're taking advantage of, uh-huh. so we're going to take the loan product where it's made for people that are over 62 and we're going to gouge them so badly. So on $100,000, this same company who I consider to already pay egregious commissions on a $100,000 regular mortgage to the average age citizen, they pay a $4,000 commission. When you do a $100,000 loan to a senior citizen on a reverse mortgage, they pay you a $13,000 commission because they're able to gouge, because they're able to take advantage of that age group, because in their mind, they're not as tech savvy. They're not as, as going to shop around. They're maybe desperate for the money on the reverse mortgage. So they're paying a $13,000 commission on a $100,000 reverse mortgage. Do a $200,000 reverse mortgage, $26,000 in commission. So again, the senior is borrowing $100,000 and 13000 of that is going to the sales guy. And somehow oh, we think man. this is okay. And so here was the other thing. In this in this article, Rob, or in this, this advertising, it was a job posting. It was on oh, monster.com, yeah. mm-hmm. right? This company has, I think they said 55 branches. Yeah. They, come join our network of 55 branches. So I'm like, there are 55 branches across the country of this company gouging senior citizens and gouging first-time home buyers. And somehow we all think that's okay. And what I do, what I did love, Rob, is they did not put their name in the ad. Didn't you notice? So they that? are so ashamed. I mean, that that you know that right there shows me. I'm telling you, now, if I'm running an ad for employment, RP funding is all over it Everywhere. because we're doing the right things. When you are offering to pay someone a thirteen thousand dollar commission to take advantage of a senior citizen, I probably wouldn't put my name in that ad either. I'd be scared to. It, it's absolutely tar and feather crazy. But this is going on right now. Mm-hmm. It's going on right now, and I'm I'm going to post that ad on my Facebook so everybody can see it. Hey, if you just tuned in, you're saving thousands with Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer is the consumer empowering voice for all of us. He brings us the tools. 
He writes down the rules. He gives us guidelines that are going to help us defeat a bad economy, to defeat our own bad economy. Are you getting to Wednesday and you've pretty well run out of money, but you haven't run out of a week? Are you having to settle for less than the best when you know that your hard work, your determination should be getting you a lot more out of life where you're just letting too many people direct your money? You need to take over that money. And again, I'll bring up the Saving Thousands Rules to Success that come your way at SavingThousands.com. Rule number one is always shop around. That is going to empower you. That puts you in charge of the transaction. From now on, you won't walk into a showroom and fall prey to the hard sales. Okay? Always shop around. If someone pushes you into the corner, I mean verbally, trying to get you to commit to buy something, say, well, I may come back and show determination and show strength. Shop around for the best deal. Rule number two, you got to know your numbers. How can we go about to be in charge of our money if we don't know our numbers? We've got to know our credit score, and it's not all that hard to get. We have to know our home value, which is easy. You can determine your home value by calling 866-222-8231. as no obligation conversation at 866-222-8231. You got to know the balances on your credit cards, on your savings accounts, on your 401k, on your IRA. You've got to know where the money is and how much you've got. All right. You can't get it anywhere if you don't know where you are. <laughs> and you've got to know the interest rates that you're paying. That's the money going out of your pocket each and every month for credit cards, for your mortgage, for everything that has to do with money is probably costing you interest. You've got to know about that. So right now, that's only two of the 15 rules. We'll talk more about that as the show goes on. But right now, we haven't asked Robert. Robert, this writer wants to know if you are still covering the closing cost on refinancing. In other words, zero closing cost refis from RP funding. Has, has the financial well run dry or do you still want to go and pay more closing costs? Last I heard you had paid over $4.7 million. Are you going to keep doing it? Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Rob. Let's let's I talk mean, about come that. On. Yeah, so we are. So for those of you maybe who don't listen to the show, uh, I took $2.5 million out of my advertising budget, and I allocated it to pay closing costs for people refinancing their home loan to RP funding. All right, a lot of people are like, why would you do this, Robert? Well, why, why do I spend money on advertising? To get the word out there, to spread the word about my company. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm at a point now where most people know who RP funding is, right? right? But there's still people that are skeptical. And so the way I figured the best way to beat that skepticism is give people such an irresistible deal that they, they have to come use us and they have to refinance with us, right? And so we did is we took the $2.5 million out of the advertising budget and we stuck it over here to pay people's closing costs with. And we pay the doc stamps, we pay the intangible tax, we pay the title insurance, we pay everything. And we give you our normal rate sheet rate, right? So wow. we, we don't we don't raise the rate up. We're not building this in. We're not hiding it somewhere. I'm paying the closing costs out of my advertising budget. And we are quoting you the same rate that's on our rate sheet, the same rate sheet we quote every day to people buying homes, the same rate we quote to people who are refinancing when we're not paying the closing costs. Mm-hmm. It's all the same rate. Now, here's one thing that some smart consumers have done, which I love. Well, they said, well, Robert, you're not you're not charging any closing costs. So could I could I take some money and buy the interest rate down even further? And so what they're doing is they're 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 <laughs> They're taking the money they would have paid for closing costs, right. and they're buying discount points. And what we're finding is they're able to get the rate down by about a quarter percent. Oh, God. so if you want to, you know, if you want to buy the rate, so say your closing cost would have been four thousand dollars. I'm paying that, but then they say, well, Robert, what if we took that four thousand dollars and we used it to buy discount points? What if we used it to permanently buy down our interest rate? How much money would that save us wow. over the next 20, 30 years? So even if you're going to be in the home for a really long time, you may want to look at take advantage of my no closing cost refi, but then buy down some discount points to get your rate even lower below market rates Ooh. You know, to take advantage of things. So again, I got some smart consumers out there yeah. calling and taking advantage of this, Rob. So that's the big thing. If you know you're going to be there for a long time, it may make sense since you're not paying any closing costs, take that money and do a permanent interest rate buy down to buy your rate down for the term of the loan. And now you can save even more money. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways to save. What Pick up the win, phone win. and give us a call. We'll walk you through it right now. 855-773-8634. 855-RP-Funding. That's 8634. Mm-hmm. Give they it like to them one slow. time, Rob. They like right, it in your voice, like man. It. There it goes. 855, that's 855-773-8634. Now, Robert, on the other side of the coin, there are people who are coming to see you for the refis right now so they can cut 
the number of years on their mortgage from 30 to 15 or 30 to 10. And that way they're retiring with more money in their pocket. Yeah. You know, Rob, we've got people that are coming in, they're cashing out their properties. We had one guy, he cashed out four of his properties with us at once wow. because they were all zero closing costs. So he's like, why wouldn't I just go ahead and do all four and get it out of the way? Sure. And for us, we processed all four files at once. So I gave him an even better deal because it wasn't as much work for me oh, to get four loans yeah. done. So, you know, you can cash out. You can take cash out of the property and use it to buy more real estate, to invest in the market, to pay your kids college, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, we have people coming in here and refinancing to get out of home equity lines of credit. Yeah. Okay, Janet Yellen and the Fed are hinting heavily that rates are going to start going up. They're going to start raising the prime rate. When they do that, if you have a home equity line of credit, a HELOC, the rate is going to go up. The payment is going to go up. Other people have hit that 10-year mark on their home equity line of credit where the payment triples because now you have to actually start paying the thing off. Mm -hmm. For the first 10 years, you just pay the interest. And then at the 10-year mark, you have to start making payments, which triples or, or quadruples the payment in some cases. Mm. So we have people coming in to refinance to pay off their HELOCs and lump them in with their first mortgages, to take cash out, to take cash out of other properties they own. We have people coming in to just lower their rate. We have people coming in to lower their term. They want to go from a 30-year to a 15. Maybe they want to go from a 10-year back to a 30. We'll take you forward. We'll take you backward. We'll do whatever you want to do. And the cool thing is right now there are no closing costs because I'm paying them all. And then if you really want to get an even ridiculously stupid low interest rate, <laughs> take the money you would have spent on closing costs and use it to buy discount points and drop your rate by another quarter to three-eighths below <sighs> market. I mean, there's just so many ways to save money right now. And all you got to do is pick up the phone and give us a call at RP Funding, 855-773-8634. That's 855-RP-Funding. Or you can visit us on the web at rpfunding.com. One more time, that's 855-773-8634. And that number again is 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. Have the conversation, no obligation. And you're really going to understand customer service once you've talked to the friendly people at RP Funding or any of the Robert Palmer family of companies. A while ago, Robert, we were talking about the rules, and I left off after rule number two. Rule number three is one that Robert is particularly strong on, and that is the three-day rule, okay? The three-day rule really puts you in charge. If you're looking at a car, if you have somebody offer you a credit card in line at the department store, whatever it is, as tempting as it may be, if it's all that good, it will still be there in three days. So when you're about to make a financial transaction, I mean, anything over a bag of groceries, wait three days. Okay. Just look at it. Maybe it's the big screen TV. Maybe it's a cruise. Maybe it's a new car. Uh, maybe it's just a weekend away. Think about it for three days before you pull the trigger. Really look at all the ramifications. Shop around. Look if there isn't a better deal, a better destination, a better warranty, a better manufacturer. If you take three days, you will find that you end up with no buyer's remorse because you have been in charge of the whole transaction. Rule number four is don't abuse credit, but don't fear it either. There are so many people out there right now. Robert, we talk about this all the time. There are so many financial pundits on the radio, on television, on the web, and they're talking about forget credit. You don't want credit. It's a problem. It's a trap. Well, you know, even when you go to get your automobile insurance, they check your credit. So you've got to have some credit. And if you have credit, you can do things like buy a car, buy a home. You know, there's so many tools that you can use, but you've got to have credit and you've got to use it wisely. Number five is if you know their tricks, they won't work. It's just like if you go to see a magic show and you already know how the tricks are done, well, it doesn't impress you all that much. But if you go through life, you're going to fall into the financial tricks if you don't know them. So we give you a lot of examples right here on the show and at savingthousands.com. We give you the description of those tricks so you'll know them, so you won't fall for them. It is as simple as that. Pretty cool, huh? It's all about saving you thousands. Well, Robert... Let's talk about the mistakes that too many of us make when we get that first taste of credit. Yeah, so again, Rob, in one of my companies, RP Funding, a big mortgage company here in, uh, in the Southeast, you know, I see thousands and thousands of credit reports a month. And we see this pattern of, of, of kids getting in trouble with their very first credit card. Uh -huh. you know, the re one of the reasons it's so hard to get that first credit card is because statistically, most people blow up on their first credit card. You know, they, they don't know how to handle it. They, they think it's free money. They, they get that first credit card and all of a sudden it's maxed out and they can't pay it back and they don't know what to do. 
uh, and, and it's a disaster. And so that's what we see. And this is because there's a lack of education, a lack of understanding. You know, and so one of the big things is, you know, where are kids, one of the great you know, research articles that Caleb didn't hear is, you know, where are kids, what are kids watching, right? Where are kids getting their, their financial information? You know, most kids are not out there watching, you know, CNBC or listening again to this radio network. It's not our demographic. You know, the, the you know, younger kids are not listening to talk radio. They're not hearing me. They're not watching TV and, and hearing other people talk about personal finance. You know, and so 65% of kids 8 to 14 learn about money from their parents, Right. Because we don't teach it in schools. That's another one of my big complaints, mm-hmm. you know, is that the schools don't do enough. And what the schools do doesn't really prepare. You know, no school is out there telling kids the realities of finding themselves in debt. You know, the, 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 the few schools who do teach financial literacy are focused on how to balance a checkbook. You know, okay, this is, you know, the real basic stuff that just doesn't get to where it needs to be. Nobody's talking about, hey, if you go out there and get a credit card and you max it out and you can't pay it back, you're going to blow up your credit. And you're not going to be able to buy a car and you're not going to be able to buy a house and you're not going to be able to buy an engagement ring. And everything that you're trying to plan in your life can be destroyed by one stupid decision you make right now when it comes to abusing a credit card. Uh, And so, you know, this is the big thing. And so kids are learning from their parents. Um, You know, the problem is, you know, 69 percent of parents are concerned about setting a good example for their kids. And see, this, I think, is where the confusion comes in, Rob. You know, I think a lot of parents feel like setting the good example means hiding the truth, mm-hmm. right? So if, if the parents are having financial trouble, the, well, we don't want our kids to see that. We don't want to teach our kids this, so we're going to hide it from them, right? Well, kids aren't stupid, you know, and they can tell in a household. You know, this study goes on to talk about how, you know, kids can tell, you know, kids kind of pick up on when mom's hiding purchases from dad or dad's hiding purchases from mom, and this kind of teaches that, you know, or, you know, hide purchases and, you know, not being honest. You know, your kids can tell if you're stressed out about money, but then you're telling them everything's fine, and, you know, so again, our, our kids are much more in tune to our lives than we think. And I know from my personal example uh, that you are not doing your kids any favors by hiding the truth and the reality of your financial situation from them. Uh, again, I, I, think, I think you can put some kind of filter on it, but, you know, it, it, they got to understand the realities. They have to understand that, that life can be tough and that money can be tough. And, you know, I think if, if you made, you know, most parents today probably made some mistakes with credit uh, in their late teens, early 20s. You know, share those stories with your children. Talk to them about, you know, what happened. Again, this is tough for a parent to say, you know, hey, son, uh, I screwed up. And when I was 19, I ran up this credit card and I never paid it back. And because of that, I had to rent, you know, for the first five or six years uh, after I got out of college. Or I almost couldn't marry your mother because I couldn't get approved for the the engagement ring, right? I couldn't buy your mother the engagement ring I wanted to because I couldn't get approved for credit and I had to pay cash for it because I blew up my credit score. Uh, in my late teens, early 20s, you know, but no, parents don't want to have these conversations with their kids, but this is probably the biggest service we can do for them, the biggest education we can do. Um, you know, almost half of parents don't have any type of emergency fund. We talk about that. That's one of our rules. Uh, 28% carry over a credit card balance every single month. Uh, you know, and the other, this is the big one too, Rob. I, this was kind of interesting to me. Uh, 28% of, of parents have taken money from their child's piggy bank. Uh, oh, to, wow. to meet to meet some type of financial hardship and, and again don't think the kid misses this right and so when 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 they see the reality of it you know but they aren't told the reasoning behind it and they're not given the backstory not given the full story you know kids are now trying to form opinions and, and and make perceptions based on half of the data right half the information and so one of the big things i think parents can be is more transparent with their children about what's going on in their finances you know, mistakes they've made. Uh, again, how, how do we learn? Our, our kids learn from our mistakes. And we, we seem to, to understand that and, and be willing to embrace that in most parts of society except for money and finance. You know, we'll tell our kids the story about the first, you know, love who broke our heart. And we'll tell the kids, our, you know, our kids a story, you know, about, about making good decisions and bad decisions when it comes to other parts of personal life and drugs and alcohol and all these other things. But we don't want to talk to them about credit. And when you look at the amount of damage that lack of understanding for credit, lack of understanding for debt can have, uh, it can be, you know, I think have a bigger impact than a lot of, of other things that we do try to protect our kids from, you know? And so, you know, one of the things is kids, you know, obviously they do, they do what they see, right? So they're, they're going to imitate our behavior. That's how they learn to talk. You know, I, I talk about this a lot, Rob. I'm really fascinated by the fact that, you know, children learn to talk at such a young age mm-hmm. and where as an adult, when we try to learn a second language or a third language, <laughs> it's, it's very difficult. But you look in a, you know, at a young age, children learn how to speak and it's from imitating what we do. And you don't have to sit down with them and say, 
okay, this is this word, this is that word. They just pick up on it from watching you. And so it's such a clear example of how smart our kids are, how smart we are at a very young age that we don't give ourselves credit for, and, and how, how intuitive we are and how observant we are as little children to watch our parents' behavior in order to even pick up on a language. I mean, if you think they can learn a language just from watching you, don't think they're not picking up on your financial habits and what's really going on. Uh, and, you know, and so you know, if parents are abusing credit cards, you know, kids are going to see that. Uh, you know, if parents have major difference of opinions on money, right? So if, if mom and dad are fighting about money, if mom and dad, you know, are, you know, again, mom and dad are in there fighting about money, the kid walks in and it just kind of goes away, right? They don't want, they, they're going to stop the conversation. They don't want the kid to know what's going on. The kid's now picking up bits and pieces, right? They're not stupid. They're, they're not blind to the fact that you're in there talking about money, but now they're only getting half the story. They're not really understanding what's really going on. Maybe what was the, the cause of the problem? You know, did the family spend more than they had? Is the family paying for past mistakes with student loans? Is the family paying for past mistakes with credit cards? This is the type of information that kids need to use. Again, you've got to give our, the younger versions of ourselves more credit. Uh, you know, again, we were smart enough to pick up on language. We're smart enough to learn math. You know, it's funny, you know, you'll see, you'll see parents who struggle with algebra, right, because they haven't done it in so long. And then, you know, now you've got kids, you know, in, in elementary school knocking it out like it's nothing. You That's know, right. computers, you know, iPads, you know, you'll see – You'll see adults who struggle and are afraid of an iPad or a laptop. And then you'll have a kid who will get in there and just go off on it and, and make it do amazing things. We're very, very smart at a very, very young age. And we don't seem to want to give ourselves credit for that uh, as a society. And, and I think money is a big part of it. And money is a big part of it. And so for you listeners, that's why we're here. We're giving you the financial tools you need to stay ahead. Visit savingthousands.com. Click on the rules and you can read for yourself the rest of those rules. And you can think about how those saving thousands rules could really guide you to financial success, financial freedom, and most of all, that great feeling of not being intimidated when it comes to money. All right. You're going to be in charge. You're going to be your own chief financial officer and you're going to have pride in that. And you're going to do a lot better in life and you're going to be in charge of your finances, your credit scores everything. So when you walk into a showroom, you'll know that you've got the right credit. You won't be biting your nails and worried that they're going to turn you down or ask you for a big giant down payment. You're going to take charge of your finances. That's what it's all about right here. It's saving thousands. And I do want to bring you an update and that is on TRID. Have you heard of TRID? Maybe you heard it on the news. Maybe you heard it on some of the financial channels. TRID is a new set of guidelines for mortgages for homes. And this came about this past October. The government has been working on the TRID guidelines ever since the financial crash of 2008. They've come up with some new ways of doing things, some new regulations, and really letting the consumer know early in the game what the different costs are going to be for the mortgage. Well, that changes a lot of things about a mortgage company. It changes their entire protocol when it comes to forms, timetables, and the way that loans are done. Now, a lot of big financial institutions are not comfortable with this. They're not used to it, and they're slow to change. But let me give you some good news. In October, when the first TRID application came in, Robert Palmer's crew had already learned the system inside out. So it didn't take 60 days. It didn't take 70 days. It didn't take 30 days to close that first TRID loan. It actually closed in 10 days. So when you're shopping around for a mortgage company, make sure that you ask them about the closing time and you also ask them when they're going to lock your rate. Very, very important. You know, Robert, when we started doing the radio shows from your headquarters and not the radio studios, I came to know your staff very quickly. You've got a lot of great people here. But what I learned the first day is this place is different than other workplaces. The people here are actually happy. I see people smiling. I see customers, clients, hugging a loan officer i've never seen anything like it yeah I mean, we, we treat it like a family i mean at the end of the day if, if if they're not happy to be here they're not it goes back to that culture you know it goes back to that culture of customer service and putting the client first if they're not happy to be here they're not going to treat the client right you know and then that's that's the problem you know if if they hate uh, if they hate me and they hate this company they're going to hate my customers and it just it can't operate that way and you know so we, we try to do fun stuff you know we we do lots of great parties. We've got, you know, the, the break room's got a soda fountain, and we, you know, we'll do hot it's dog got cereal Fridays in there for and, crying out loud. You know, we, 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 I try, you know, and again, this all came from looking at other industries. 
you know, you look at, at the high tech industries, you look at places like Google and what they do for their staff. And, you know, you look at what a bank, how a bank treats their staff and it's totally different, oh. you know, and it, it does, it, it bleeds through and it changes the customer experience. And, that, and that's so important because at the end of the day, that's, that's what's going to get us word of mouth. That's what's going to help us grow. You know, we, I talked about, you know, how advertising is important and getting the word out there. Well, you hit a point where word of mouth advertising and, and, and having customers who had such an amazing experience with you that now they want to go tell all their friends, you know, which is why I'm running the refi special right now. That's right. You know, so, you know, right now I made a decision uh, in, in, I guess, in February. Uh, we spend millions of dollars a year on advertising. You know, we're, we're a big company. We've got a big advertising budget. Uh, you know, and then we, so I decided that I was going to take two and a half million dollars out of the advertising budget and I was going to give it back to customers who refinanced with RP funding. So the idea is I'm basically trying to bribe you to bring your mortgage to me from somebody else. So, you know, when you refinance, you've already got the house, you already own the home, you've got a mortgage, you've got that mortgage with somebody else. And so to try to bribe customers to move their mortgage from the current lender over to us here at RP Funding, I decided I would take $2.5 million out of my advertising budget, and I would use that money to pay all of the closing costs mm. for people who refinance uh, to RP Funding. Uh, and so I'm paying the doc stamps, the intangible tax, I'm paying the title insurance, I'm paying for the appraisal, I'm paying for everything, the the full ball of closing costs. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm crediting to you out of my advertising budget. So pick up the phone and give us a call. Rob, give them the number. All right, Robert, that number is 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. Don't forget, you can also go to rpfunding.com, that's rpfunding.com, and fill out an application anytime. You know, earlier in the show, we were talking about the zero closing cost refis. What are some of the reasons that you might want to get a refinance on your home? Well, there's a bunch of them, but let me just go over a few. If you have equity in your home, and most of you do, even though you don't know it, you know, you're still kind of in the mindset you were in in the crash when your home values really went down and you were so-called underwater. Well, so many of you aren't underwater anymore. As a matter of fact, most of you are seeing some real equity in your home, but you just don't know it. So you've got to find out how much your home is worth in today's economy. And you can do that with the Home Value Hotline at 866-222-8231. But once you've made the decision to refinance, shop around, find the best deal. The RP funding zero closing cost deal is pretty darn good. And here's some of the things you can do. You can actually take advantage of these historically low interest rates. I mean, your parents probably were paying in the teens or in the sevens or eights. Well, we're, we're doing pretty good right here with these interest rates, all right? So you could actually lower your payment by a refi, especially a no-cost refi. You could actually uh, change the terms of your mortgage, and instead of having a 30-year, you could have a 15. You could use a refinance to get rid of that pesky PMI insurance, that mortgage insurance that you pay on behalf of the mortgage company. That doesn't seem fair, does it? Well, wipe it out. You've got equity now, so you really don't owe that PMI. So get yourself refied and get that out of there. All right. How about paying off high interest credit lines? If you're paying upwards of 19%, 25%, 26% on a credit card, well, pay those things off and be disciplined about it and don't run them back up. But you can do that with a refi if you play your cards right and you follow the saving thousands rules, you'll become very empowered. That's just some of the things that you can do when it comes to a refi. And if you want to know more, just go to savingthousands.com and listen to our radio shows and our radio modules that we've done on refinancing. All right, Robert, when people do go for a home loan, it's important that they go with a dedicated company that closes on time, that makes the customer their first priority. And in this industry, there are too many people that just don't do that. Uh, because what happens is the most of these mortgage guys, they work from home and they just, they work maybe two, three hours a day, depending on if they have a deal or not. And it's very laid back mm. and it, it's, it's not really like having a job, right? It's almost like having a hobby, right? And so, you know, like you sleep in and, you know, you have one customer going right now. It's going to be a bad, instead of closing two this month, you're going to close one. So you've only got one loan to work on. So it's like, ah, maybe I'll go play golf today. Eh, maybe I just maybe I'll go out tonight and, and uh, sleep in tomorrow because I only got one client. You know where where my my loan officers, my originators, they're in the office every day. They get here eight nine a.m. They're here till seven eight p.m. You know they're working hard for their clients. They're getting it done, 
And and even though I pay so much less per transaction, they're making more money be, uh, for per year uh, because the volume, you know, the volume works for everybody. And, and so what happens is when, when you're only closing a few deals, those couple of deals have to cover everything. They got to cover the rent and they got to cover the crazy commission and they got to cover the, all the different layers of management. And so these companies have to go out with these really high fees and really high rates because they've got to cover all this overhead they've created for themselves. Mm-hmm. We don't have to deal with that. And volume is the solution to everything. You know, it, look, look at how much the costs of certain items have come down as they've gotten into mass production. Oh, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're intelligent people. We can see over history how volume changes price structure across all industries. You know, look at a look at a Sam's Club versus a, a convenience store, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're going to pay considerably more at the convenience store than the than the Sam's Club. Is it really even that much more convenient? No. You know, I mean, this is what this is what all, it's just about volume. You know, they're they're selling one box out of this location. They're selling a million boxes out of this location, and so they can they can charge considerably less. And that's what mm-hmm. we are. And so we bring volume to the mortgage industry, but we do it without having to sacrifice service. And that, that was the other thing is, you know, people say, well, Robert, if you're not going to charge all these fees, you're not going to be able to give good service. And that was, oh. that was, that was crap. And so I took this to heart and I really wanted to make sure that our service was great. And so we do these customer satisfaction surveys twice through the transaction. We base uh, our staff bonuses in the processing department on those positive customer reviews. Mm-hmm. Everyone is striving here to give a great level of service. And the funny thing is we actually will give better service than the guy doing one or two a month because he's not focused. You know, he's not he's not working full time. You know, when he's out on the golf course because he didn't have any loans to work on that day, he's not there to take your calls. He's not there to work on your file. Or or and we, we would see this, you know, because in my past life I had the same thing. I had this army of of onesie twosie loan officers and they'll like they'll leave a file like laying on their couch for two weeks. Like, you know, they go meet with the client down at Starbucks and they get all their documentation and then they just like they leave it under a couch cushion and completely forget about it. And like a week before closing, like, oh, I closed the Johnson file. It's been on my couch for two weeks. What am I going to do? You know, or, or the customer will email them in the documents and, you know, they, they check the email on their iPhone because they're out on the golf course and they completely forget about it. And then two, three weeks later, like, oh, I forgot the Johnson. You know, this happens all the time in our industry. And it's why so many loans get screwed up at the last minute, which is why we have to come out with our closing acceleration program and clean up their mess. So when the guy working for the other lender lets your file sit under his couch cushion for two, three weeks, and then a week before closing goes to the, the agent and says, oh, we're not going to be able to close on time. He makes up some crazy excuse. Uh, and now you're going to miss your closing date. And a lot of those clients then come to us and we close them in five or six days because we're organized. We're structured. We have a system, you know, mm-hmm. and all this makes such a, a big difference in, in being more efficient, closing faster, giving better customer service, all because we have systems in place. We have efficiencies and because everybody's right here, you know, the, 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 you don't have this guy working from home and then. He's going to send the file to California and to New York. And it's, just, it, it's, it's inefficient and crazy. And the, and the funny thing is that's the way the industry has thrived because they preyed on the consumer not knowing any better. Mm-hmm. And they preyed on the idea that, well, well, I don't care if the guy works from home in his boxer shorts and is super unorganized and always screws up the files because he knows how to go get two or three clients a month. And if we have a million of them going and getting two or three clients a month, we can do okay as a lender. And that's the old mentality. Uh. And so I'm bringing in the new mentality. And like I said, I'm not the only guy doing this. Right. There's some other lenders out there that have adopted this new this new strategy and this new whole thought process. And we're all doing really well. And we're all doing it very successfully. We're you know we're actually achieving higher customer service ratings than the other guys. We're able to give considerably better deals than the other guys. And we're growing faster than the other guys. So it is a great model. And that's what we do here. And so if you're out there listening and maybe you're you're thinking about buying a home. Uh, give us a call. I'd love to give you the, the RP funding, strong pre-approval. You know, we can talk, Rob, about what, what makes our pre-approval so strong. Yeah. Uh, right now, if you're thinking about refinancing, we are still running my my no-closing-cost special, the RP $2.5 million closing cost giveaway. Uh, and so basically, I took $2.5 bucks out of my advertising budget, right? So I, I called up the local NBC station and said, hey, guys, I got to cancel. I got to cancel half a million dollars of the advertising this year. And then I called up uh, two or three of the big radio conglomerates and uh, told them I need, to, I need to pull a half a million out of you and uh, three quarters of a million out of here. And, uh, <laughs> and then I went to my direct mail guys and said, hey, we got to cut back the amount of direct mail we're sending. And I said, I cancel all these Google AdWords campaigns over here because I need two and a half million dollars freed up so I can use that money to pay closing costs on refinances so I can bribe consumers to leave their current lender and come over here. And, and why am I doing this? Because I know if I wow you, right? When I, so I, I make you an irresistible offer. You can refinance 
with no closing costs at our great RP funding rates, right? That's the irresistible offer. And so then I get you in here and I wow you with our service and I, I, I allow you to show all the skeptics because everybody's got the skeptic, right? Like, oh, oh, I, yeah. oh I, I heard that RP funding. I heard they hide the fees uh, under your pillow at night, you know, or <laughs> I heard they hide the fees, uh, you know, on the back end of your loan or they hide the fees in a second mortgage or a lien and we don't, we don't hide the fee. There are none. I pay them. And so when you see that, right, and so when you come to closing and you close and you see that there really were no fees, period, on this refinance that I really paid everything, now you get to go back and tell those skeptics that they were wrong, right? And now you get to go tell your friends and your family and you get to go shout from rooftops how amazing of a deal you got on a refinance through RP funding. And, and by you telling all those people, guess what? We get more business. We get busier. And I think that type of advertising, I think that spend, I think investing two and a half million dollars in being able to show customers how great of a job we do and that I do exactly what I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And that when I say there's no fees, there's no fees. And if I say there's no closing costs, there's no closing costs, regardless of what the skeptics say, regardless of what the naysayers say, regardless of what the doubters and the competitors and the other mortgage guys who are scared to death say, you can come in here and see there are absolutely no fees. I did what I said I was going to do. And now you can go spread the word. And that is more valuable to me than the commercials I would have gotten on NBC mm-hmm. and the radio spots I would have gotten over here on these stations and the 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 pay-per-click I would have gotten through Google and the direct mail we could have sent out to the U.S. Postal Service, your word of mouth after I show you what an amazing process we have and what an amazing job we have and, and how much money we can save you. And you can go tell your friends and family that is more valuable to me than anything else. And that's why I'm investing this $2.5 million in paying all the closing costs when you refinance through RP funding. And so if you're out there listening... And maybe you've been on the sidelines and you haven't refinanced yet. And maybe you tried to refinance and you got shocked by the amount of crazy fees that that mortgage guy was trying to charge you. Call us right now and let me show you what a better deal looks like. And again, that number is 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. That is Robert Palmer, RP Funding, the Robert Palmer family of companies. Now, let's talk about how you can continue to be empowered. You can listen to these radio shows over and over again on demand. Just pick out the shows you want to listen to by using the Saving Thousands radio app from your Play Store on your smartphone. You can listen to shows that Robert has recorded and broadcast in the past by looking up the Robert Palmer channel on iHeart. That's right. Robert Palmer wants to empower you so much that he has invested thousands of dollars in an iHeart station. It's his own station, but it's your own station because you're the one becoming empowered. So go to iHeart, go to the search engine, and just go Robert Palmer. You can also go to savingthousands.com, okay? You can go to Real Prospector, another great website designed by our research team, and that puts you right in the middle of the real estate industry in a very fun way. It certainly does. And there's another called Estate Advice. Estate Advice has been designed by the younger people on our research staff, people in their 20s and 30s that are going toward real estate from that perspective and how young people need to get involved in real estate, how they can get involved in buying a home and getting that financial foundation that's going to help them the rest of their lives. So that's just some of the ways that you are saving thousands with Robert Palmer. 